Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. This is Jim. You can access our webpage at babyboomertales.com. There are links there. Click on it. You can follow us on Twitter. You can also link to Apple Podcasts, to Facebook, to Spotify, and other things. Today I want to talk about my office here in my home. When you walk into my office, first thing you notice is probably what a mess it is. Now, I do not think it's a mess, but my wife over and over tells me it is, so it must be. She tells me it's like a little kid's room or a little boy's room. I have things on the walls like a lot of bulletin boards with pictures on it, a lot of pictures all over the place. I have an arrow I got from the Grand Canyon there, pictures of some grandkids. I used to have a baseball catcher's mitt from about 1910. But for some reason, that got put down into a closet downstairs. Also, I have two desks. And the first desk, when you walk in, is a regular desk where you would do paperwork and all that stuff. And back in the days when I did paperwork with papers, I used to sit there quite often. Now, I basically sit at my computer at another desk that looks out my window also, I have about five filing cabinets, so I save everything. It is an office that's designed to be a home business, and I've had home business run out of this office for years. And I still do a little bit of that, but I pretty much concentrate on my podcast anymore. When you sit down at my computer and look out my window, you can see our front yard and our gardens and our pond Basically, that's the scope of what I can see from my window. Trees surround all that, but it's a pretty wide open space, and it's pretty winter, spring, summer, and fall. I see a lot of wildlife. Lately, I've been seeing a great horned owl in the early, early mornings, usually around dusk. He's down around where my hammock is, and I don't know what he's eating. I would imagine it's probably grubs or worms, but they must be very plentiful because he's been there for a while now, always in the early morning hours. I'll see coyotes once in a while. I think we have one regular that's solitary that comes around. He has been around here for years. Also see once in a while you'll see a pair of coyotes. I don't worry about coyotes. People are always freaked out over them and stuff. But I've never had one bit of problems. Not with any of the cats or the dogs or the kids or anything. But I don't have chickens. You can also see in the early morning a muskrat swim around my pond. And I hate those critters. They can really cause a lot of damage. And I've taken great lengths to eradicate them. But they always come back. I've read that they move from ditch to stream to river to pond to lake to ditch to stream to pond to river to lake. So they move around and I've had my share of them. I figure if I see one, there's several there. I've had wild turkeys come walking out right in front of my window. Deer, I see deer, they're plentiful as long as they're on the other side of the dam, which they usually are. Unless it's before daylight, when it's dawn, and it's light enough to see, but not any sunlight yet. Sometimes I'll traipse right in front of my front porch here. I sit in the dark except for the light from the computer monitor. So I don't know if they can really see me. I don't move much sitting here trying to figure out my day. 
once in a while a stray dog. There's not a lot of dogs around here, which I'm surprised of. There's some houses, but we're scattered very far apart from each other. I know my dog pretty much knows my property boundaries and stays within those. Once in a while she'll go over to the farm field next door to me and check stuff out, but she doesn't go far from the fence line. You can sit here and watch fish jump, watch the blue herons glide in for a stop, stand there and wait and wait and wait, finally catch a fish or catch a frog. We have geese that show up, and usually it's the locals, the Canada geese. There are some that are not migratory that'll come around in either a pair or up to ten. We usually don't get the migratory geese because there's a big old pond, maybe 16 acre over to my south and east, and that's where they land. Sometimes there's tens of thousands of geese over there during migration season. So I'm thankful they don't stop at my little pond. They would tear it up for sure. But up thousand feet or whatever they fly in there, my pond probably looks like a puddle compared to that big old 16 acre one. I like it when the ducks show up. I can see frogs jump, geese land, loon swimming around solo. During the daytime I can watch my dog hunt frogs. That's great sport for her. If she's standing on the bank and not with her feet in the water and she's very interested in something, I know she's hunting a snake, and that's good. I'm glad she does that. She's very good at that. When I sit here and look out the world, at the wildlife, at the serenity of my pond, the trees swaying in the breeze, my garden, and this time of year it's in bloom down there. When I say the garden, when we bought this property years and years ago, The guy we bought it from had a vegetable garden down there, plus grapes and marion berries and all this stuff. Well, we're not that green of thumb, and eventually the asparagus was taken over by the grass, and the birds were eating all the marion berries, and I cut the grapevine down. But we have flowers and bushes and fruit trees down there, and it's pretty. It's where my daughter got married, down there at the garden. We still have the little arbor that they were married in front of there with climbing roses growing up it. I do a lot of mowing, and in a day like today, I just mowed yesterday, so it's even prettier. And this is where I do my podcast. I made a decision that I can sit back in my office chair and kind of rock and tell my tales better than if I was in some cubicle with a mic that I had to lean forward on and speak into. And so it's a great inspiration for me to be able to look out my window. It doesn't matter if it's five degrees below zero and the pond is frozen and the yard is just all covered in snow. Or if it's Indian summer and the trees are all yellow and gold and red and purple and the leaves are falling to the ground and the grass is kind of yellowing. Or if it's summer and it's 100 degrees out and nothing's moving because it's so blasted hot and the place looks like it could use a good rain. doesn't matter. My picture looking out my window is always the same and yet it changes with the seasons. And it gives me great inspiration. And it gives me great peace. And it helps me remember some of these crazy stories I may share with you. I don't know if I could do it any other way. I hope I never have to find out.
So I just explained to you where I get my inspiration for my podcast. We all have to have a place. A lot of guys have what they call their man cave. A lot of people go out with a solitude of fishing. It doesn't matter where your comfort place is. It's good to have one. Now for a segment we call the top 10 55 years ago. That is the top 10 pop songs this week in 1965. Number 10, Seventh Son by Johnny Rivers. Number 9 by the Beach Boys, Help Me Rhonda. Number 8, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, Patty Page. Number 7, For Your Love, Yardbirds. Number 6, Crying in the Chapel, Elvis Presley. Number 5, Wonderful World by Herman's Hermits. Number 4, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, The Rolling Stone. Number 3, Wooly Bully, Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Number 2, by the Four Tops, I Can't Help Myself. And the number one song, The Birds, Mr. Tambourine Man. And there ain't no place I'm going to. What a great song, Mr. Tambourine Man. Now for another rendition of our Boomer Tall Tales. Back 300 years ago, or was it a thousand? There was a Viking, and his name was Castor. And he was bigger than life. And there was an Arapaho Indian. And her name was Little Beaver. And she was the most wonderful maiden the Arapaho had ever seen. And Castor went to the New World. And he explored. And he was there for many years. And he was in the mountains. And he met the fair maiden. And they married and had a child. And the child was a son. And 300 years later... Or was it a thousand? And the child had grown, and they called him Beaver Joe Castor. And he was larger than life. And he loved to make dams where the river flowed, so he could have wonderful, wonderful, wonderful places to swim. And he swam, and he dove, and he fished, and he said, this is the life for me. He went higher into the mountains, And lo and behold, he came across a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful valley at the foot of the mountains. And the wonderful river was flowing so fast over the rocks. And the rapids were amazing to him. And it kept flowing to the south. And the plain was nice and flat. And Beaver Joe Castor said to himself, Self, this would be a good place to build a huge lake where I could swim and dive so deep. And look at how wonderful and flat this is. And I do not even need to build a dam. I can just dig a hole. It will be unique to everything I've built before. And so he pondered this. And he wondered. And he knew his father Castor had built great lakes. And he knew his mother loved her people so dear. And he wondered, how can I do this thing where I honor my mother and father? Well, Beaver Joe thought, and he looked, and he had an inspiration. 
The hull will not just be for a pond. It will be a great lake for so high in the mountains. And it will be a wonder to all that come. And it will be grand in the minds and in the words of man from this day forward. And he started to dig. And where am I going to put the dirt? And so he put the dirt and the rocks and all of the clay and the sand and the gravel and the boulders and the dirt into a huge, huge pile. And he kept digging down and down and down. And he thought to himself, this lake will be so deep, someday they will never even know if it has a bottom. And he was proud of himself and he was happy to be doing such a wonderful thing. When he was done in the pile of gravel and the pile of sand and boulders and rocks and dirt stood there an enormous mountain. And he said to himself, when I look at that hill of dirt I made, it looks like a head without hair. And then the river filled the hole and it became a wonderful lake. And the water was very cold and refreshing. And Beaver Joe Castor loved to swim in it because his feet were enormous and flat and he could swim so rapidly and so freely. And Beaver Joe Castor was larger than life for he built this lake by himself with his hands. And even though his father had built great lakes, he had built a very grand lake. We will never forget Beaver Joe Castor and all the good that he has done. For the wonderful river flows in it, and on the other side of the lake it flows out. And that river goes onward and onward and onward to the great ocean far away. If it wasn't for Beaver Joe Castor and his native Arapaho mother and his brave Viking father, life would not be as grand. So next time you see a wonderful lake in the high country, remember Beaver Joe and wonder in your mind if 300 years ago or maybe a thousand, Beaver Joe didn't have some part to do with such a wonderful place of water. It's been nice being with you today. Thank you for riding along on our Boomer Tall Tales. It's always an adventure trying to figure that stuff out. I'm only in it for the experience. Remember not to trip out. It's only a tall tale. Be kind everywhere you go to everyone you meet. You do that and it will boomerang right back at you. Life can be so good. I'll be back next Wednesday. <laughs>